American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. One of the core questions of the New Deal was how to stimulate demand for goods. That is, how to get money into the hands of working people who would spend it. Now, for FDR, one of the best ways to do this was to affirm the rights of labor to organize for better wages. It seems sort of odd to imagine that the state, the federal state, would support labor. After all, think about all the events of the 19th century where federal troops were used repeatedly to break labor unions. And yet, this is what Roosevelt does with the passage of the Wagner Act. It creates, for the very first time, a legal right of workers to organize. The legal right not only to organize, but to have a government body, the National Labor Relations Board, oversee elections to make sure that those elections of unions are enforced. They can use the courts to support the rights of unionists to organize. This is a radical shift, both for workers and for politics. It marks the beginning of the long-term alliance between the Democratic Party and organized labor. The widespread support of the Roosevelt administration, not only in the Wagner Act, but in earlier acts as well, lent labor a new legitimacy, a new kind of social authority that labor leaders tried to capitalize on. And so a resurgent labor movement of the 1930s in the face of the Great Depression came not only from above, but from below from the resurgent organizing, especially of unskilled workers. Now, in the 19th century, the AFL had been very clear they didn't want unskilled workers, those who are outside of skilled crafts, to be part of the AFL. But in the 1930s, there was yet again another attempt to organize the unskilled by a man named John L. Lewis. The most radical thing about John L. Lewis, who was a Western miner, was in fact how non-radical he was. Let me explain that for a second. What I mean is that previous organizations, like the Knights of Labor, that tried to organize unskilled workers, were always hell-bent on overthrowing capitalism, reforming society, transforming the basics of how the economy worked. John L. Lewis just wanted better wages for the workers. And so his organization, the CIO, which initially starts with miners and with um, garment workers and textile workers, is focused on bringing unskilled workers into the benefits of modern capitalist consumption. Let me explain. Consider how steel workers that were part of the CIO began to organize. Listen to this thing I'm going to read to you that was spoken in Homestead, Pennsylvania on July 5th, 1936. Through this union, we shall win higher wages, shorter hours, and a better standard of living. We shall win leisure for ourselves, an opportunity for our children. We shall abolish industrial despotism. We shall make real the dreams of the pioneers who pictured America as a land where all might live in comfort and happiness. And happiness? What? Leisure? Comfort? These are not the things that one says when one is embarking on a radical program. This is really the bread and butterism of Gompers brought to industrial labor. But 
Organizing industrial workers, organizing the unskilled, has always been much more difficult because they are so easily replaced. What made it different in the 1930s was the change in the constitution of capitalism itself, in the heavy industrial investment, in things like assembly lines, in things like these long distance supply chains of different components. And so what John L. Lewis's genius was in recognizing that in the 1930s, the new kind of heavy investments in production allowed for a new kind of organizing. If you were looking to organize a new union in the middle of the Great Depression, you would probably be thought of as crazy. I mean, after all, the Great Depression, this is not a time of when workers are in high demand. And yet it's in the middle of the Great Depression in December of 1936 that the United Auto Workers, the most vigorous, one of the most vigorous and powerful post-war unions, finds its beginnings. It happens in Flint, Michigan. And it happens there because of the strategic genius of the new CIO. You see, in Flint, Michigan, at one particular plant, the Fisher Body Plant, number one, GM made the bodies for all their cars. For all their cars, there were a particular set of dies that stamped metal into a body. It couldn't be replaced. And so if somehow that auto body plant could be shut down, everything else in the GM network would also shut down. All the tire plants, all the lights, everything. What they realized was that factories were no longer isolated. They were part of long distance national supply chains. And to pick the most vulnerable place in that supply chain was to bring down the entire company, even if it was the largest company in America, even if it was General Motors. GM knew that they were planning this. And so they tried to sneak these dyes out of the factory in the middle of the night. And luckily the workers had, set, had anticipated this and set up an emergency lighting system so that at the flip of a switch, a light went off and 3,000 workers stormed the factory. They immediately got into the factory. And what happened next is what was truly radical, especially for someone as lazy as I am. They just sat down. They just sat down. They just sat down on sofas, they played cards, they hung around. And what did that mean? It meant that the machines couldn't be moved out, but most importantly, they couldn't be shot at either. They couldn't be shot at, they couldn't be attacked because of the threat of damage to these very expensive dyes that couldn't be reproduced anywhere else. GM tries to get them out. They shut off the heat in the middle of a Michigan winter. They cut off food, and so the workers have to take food up 24-foot ladders through the windows. Even some shots were fired, though not as many as one would think because they were afraid of damaging the dyes. And so this control, this control of the factory, this ability of the workers not only to occupy that space, but defend it, not only with the water hoses that threw water out in the middle of the freezing air, but also with two-pound door handles that they could easily throw at anyone that would rush them. They could defend it. But they could only defend it against the local police and the company guards. And this is where it takes a turn because the governor did not send in the militia. The president didn't send in the army. The president was in support of labor generally, and the governor was himself the son of a mine worker. 
a mine worker's son, was now the governor of Michigan. And so he wouldn't send troops against workers on strike. They shut down the plant, and 44 days later, they get their agreement from General Motors. In the middle of the Great Depression, a group of ragtag unionists stood up and brought down the most powerful corporation in America, winning an agreement not just for them in that particular plant, but for all auto workers everywhere. They got better wages, benefits, seniority, many of the benefits which were then affirmed by the federal government in the NLRB. This is a turning point for organized labor in America. The CIO, the UAW, these are now a part of the American labor movement. And unorganizable workers are now organized. The unskilled are now part of that American prosperity as well. And don't worry, GM learned its lesson. In the aftermath, they installed tear gas in all their factories so that at the push of a button, every single worker could be tear gassed. But the CIO was already underway. And so even though by 1939, the Supreme Court rules sit downs illegal, of course, because they are seizures of property, illegal seizures of property. And that right to property has to be defended. But already the CIO has maintained control and has brought this new order to the American economy. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist, or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Mm -hmm.